Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and we want to give a shout out to all the fans out there stateside and worldwide. Took a week off, but wanted to make sure we got right back to y'all. Thank you, of course, for continuing to support the show. We want to give a shout out to all y'all who have rode with us from day one as we have passed the three-year mark here at the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast. So thank you all for sticking with us, for riding with us, for sharing, subscribing, and for spreading the word. So thank you all for continuing to do that as we continue to grow. We want to keep giving you the content that you love and deserve. Keep spreading the word. Keep sharing. Support is free, as Damo says all the time. Please continue to do that. We do all of it here, right here for you. A reminder to go check us out on our website, vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. You can go check out our back catalog, leave a review, leave a voice note. Also, go check out our co-host and guest page on there. You'll see many of the esteemed guests and co-hosts that have come to contribute on The Vault here with us. So please go check that out and visit their pages and support their platforms as well. Promise there's lots of great content out there from our guests that you will love. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today we have yet another bonus episode. And I thought this was appropriate considering that this date was rapidly approaching. And I say that because I wanted to make sure that I commemorated this and gave a spotlight to this week. What we're going to talk about today is something a little different. We're going to talk about what I think is arguably the best R&B release week of the 90s. Yes, I know. That's saying a lot considering the decade that we're talking about. The best R&B release week of the 90s. So now you're probably sitting there listening like, B. Cox, what are you talking about? Well, we're going to go ahead and get into it. But I don't think it's hyperbole for me to say that when I talk about these four albums, that they definitely had an impact on the year in which they were released. But then I think that the reverberations from these albums carried on long after 1997, and especially after September of 1997. And I actually have to say that, you know, when you talk about a lineup of albums that were released in one week, it's kind of hard to beat it. (laughs) I would love to be able to see some competing R&B weeks in the 90s to see if there was one that had better releases of these four right here. And so we're going to go ahead and get into it. First off, the week that I'm referring to is the week ending September 16th, 1997. Now, if you know, we talked about it, record release days were on Tuesdays during that time. So this is the week heading into the release week of September 16th, 1997. And the albums that I'm talking about are none other than these majestic four. First, the sixth studio album by Mariah Carey, Butterfly. <laughs> Heat, you know what's right there, for we're starting off just with that. Next, the second studio album of Usher, My Way. Heat, once again. <laughs> We're just getting into it. Third, the second studio album of John B. Cool Relax. 
<laughs> and then last but not least, the soundtrack from the motion picture Soul Food. Yes, the Soul Food soundtrack. Crazy, right? <laughs> that those four albums all came out during that release week, September 16th, 1997. And when you stack those four up, one, there's definitely a connection in regards to how they were all produced. In particular, the last three that I mentioned, those last three, My Way, Cool Relax, and Soul Food, had a big imprint of Babyface on it, you know, and for obvious reasons, because those were all Babyface related with the labels that they were released on. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. And this is just going to be talking about the argument of how this is the greatest R&B release week of the 90s, arguably. So we're going to start first with Butterfly and Mariah Carey. Now, Butterfly was a huge record. It was recorded between January and July of 97. It followed up Daydream, and Daydream was a huge album for Mariah. We talk about how big it was successfully. It is sold over 20 million copies worldwide. It is certified Diamond. It was her second album to be certified Diamond. And it was coming actually on the heels of her divorce with Tommy Mottola. And here she was now releasing Butterfly, pretty much her first album released as a single woman. And she had a lot of creative control with this one as well, probably for, I believe, the first time in her career. First time in a long time she did. And this album had plenty of heat on it. So we're just going to skim through the singles. The first one is Honey. Obviously, we know Honey, the album, and then the remix version that featured the rappers with Mace and also the locks. There was Butterfly, the actual album title track. Breakdown, which featured Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony. The Roof, Back in Time, and then the last one, My All. And those last three all came out in 1998. So the reach of albums definitely carry, if they carry well into the next year, you know you got a heater on your hand. And the fact that there were five singles that were on this album and they all had somewhat of a success. But in particular, the singles of Honey, Butterfly, Breakdown, and By All were all huge, huge hits. So we talk a little bit about Butterfly. Now, this is her really starting to blossom, hence the title of the album. It had 12 tracks altogether. A lot of these tracks had success on the radio, and at this point, Mariah really was in a point in her career where she could do no wrong. This was a huge album, and we want to talk about in regards to how many copies this has sold. It's been five-time platinum. Now, it didn't do as well as Daydream, but if you talk to Mariah, she will tell you she thinks as though this album actually is her magnum opus, as she said in the booklet of Memoirs of a Perfect Angel, which is her 12th album. But the sound of this album definitely took a little bit of a change, which started from Daydream that started to sound a little bit more R&B and hip hop influenced rather than pop influenced. And we definitely took notice. We noticed that Mariah seemed a lot freer on this album and the producers that were on here, Mariah herself, but then also Diddy, Stevie J, Trackmasters, you know, the Uma produced on this as well. So it had that hip hop influence on here. So a huge record and something that when we talk about artistically when Mariah really started to take off I think she really started to take off during this album next up with My Way and Usher this was again another big album another huge album and we want to talk about 
how big it started with the first single that came out from the album. And we'll go ahead and go through the singles first before I get into that. Three singles, You Make Me Wanna, lead single, August 5th, Nice and Slow, which came out, I want to say, probably even late 97 heading into 98. And then My Way, which came out during the summer of 98 in June in 1998. But the first single from My Way was You Make Me Wanna. Everyone will talk a lot about Nice and Slow, and I'll get into Nice and Slow in just a second. But You Make Me Wanna was such a big hit when it came out. It got to the top 10 of the Hot 100 immediately. And on the R&B charts, it stayed on the charts and remained number one for weeks. I don't even remember how long it stayed number one on the charts for it, but it was on the charts for a week. As a matter of fact, I want to say that they said it was in for seven consecutive weeks. It was in the top two between October 25th and December 6th. That's crazy considering the fact that the song that it was behind on the chart was Candle in the Wind by Elton John which we know exactly how successful that single was. That's one of the most successful singles of all time. But on the R&B charts, it was on there for so long. The video was very, very popular. It was a great way to open up your album. But then you take that and you move it to Nice and Slow, which was a song that's it's just incredible. The fact that now it is a trivia question of, yo, what was Usher doing at seven o'clock? <laughs> and if you don't know the answer to that question, you either weren't listening or weren't outside. <laughs> That's how it is. My Way was a little bit of a lesser big single, but it was still a pretty big single too with a crazy, crazy video. After his debut album, which came out in 1995, his self-titled debut, this being released on LaFace Records, being produced mostly by Jermaine Dupree and Babyface, this was an album that made Usher a superstar, <laughs> okay? Again, this album, My Way, made Usher a superstar. When you have two massive singles as big as You Make Me Wanna and Nice and Slow, it made him a superstar. This is an album that isn't super long, only 40 minutes and 21 seconds, but the impact of the tracks on here and his performance on here only would continue as we exit out of the 90s and then eventually got into the 2000s, which in the early 2000s, Usher continued to kill it once again. So the third album, Cool Relax by John B. <laughs> White Chocolate. <laughs> the, the singer and the artist that a lot of people, when they listen to him, they really had a hard time believing that he was actually black and not light-skinned. And I remember because I remember those conversations back then between some of the, my peers. And maybe it was just our youth that we sat there and looked at this dude that he was like, yo, he like, you know, he's actually, yeah, he's white. White dude from, I believe, Wisconsin or something like that, wherever he's from. But he, you know, he definitely had some swag and he had, he could sing. But this album was released and it was on Yab Yum Records, which was Tracy Edmonds, who was then Babyface's wife, now ex-wife. And it was distributed by Epic and 550 Music and released on this date, September 16th. This album, I mean, it was recorded at a lot of recording studios. It had five singles that were released in total. The first one, Don't Say, which was actually a pretty good song written by former Boys to Men and as yet member Mark Nelson. 
the second single and the third singles are the ones that I think people remember the most from this album. The second one, of course, is Are You Still Down? Featuring the late, great Tupac Shakur and some of the last vocals that had Tupac's lyrics on it with him reciting it. John actually got assistance from Afini Shakur who gave him permission to clear and clear the vocals for that song for him to do Are You Still Down? And so... It's crazy, like, you know, being able to hear that and then us sort of being in the, in the midst of missing Pac and his legacy and his music to hear that with John B was really cool to hear. The third single was just absolutely massive. They don't know. I mean, everybody knows that song. Like, like when I'm trying to tell you all that this single was played so much on the radio, it was literally like a couple of times just me in my early days of driving. I remember that I would, uh, you know, put my radio dials, you set them up and there would be like, you know, for us in the D.C. area, WPGC 95.5, WKYS 93.9, 96.3 WHUR, which was like my oldies, mostly music, like my parents and their generation's music and 102.3. Like literally, I remember at one point in time I was like driving and the song came on PGC and I had heard it so much because it was so big that I said, you know what? I'm tired of hearing this. Let me go ahead and turn it on 93.9. Song was on that. I'm like, you know, ah, let me go run on 96.3 and see what's on there. The song was on that. So at the very last moment, I'm like, let me go to 102.3. I know it's not on there. Surprise. It was on there. I, this song was everywhere. And you know what? It's a good song. It's a actually damn near a classic song to be quite honest it's a classic song i mean when you think about like you know how big this song was and the video and everything else like that and the fact that it's now almost 25 years later and this is a still a crowd pleaser whenever he performs it just absolutely huge the fourth and fifth singles not as big i do what you say boo and then cool relax which came out in 1998 sometime later on the year the cool relax actually was produced by the uma so you know it was definitely a jamming track obviously but this was a huge huge album um only went platinum though one million records i mean those singles were huge um it definitely after this album though you know you didn't really hear too much like about john b after this i think at that point kind of you know he, he rode his wave and then the wave was kind of over and he was still out there doing music, but he didn't reach the peak like he reached it here. And so when you talk about people and they talk about John B, the debut Bonafide was good, man. But this joint was, yeah, it was off the charts good. It really was. And then lastly, the Soul Food soundtrack. Music inspired by the film itself, Soul Food. The movie Soul Food, which starred Vivica Fox, Vanessa Williams, Nia Long, Mackay Pfeiffer, Jeffrey Sams, uh, Michael Beach, Irma P. Hall, you know, the movie that got a lot of black America in the fields because it reminded a lot of us of our family and our traditions and everything else. And, you know, this was, I want to say, when it comes to soundtracks, had some of the best songs on there. And when it comes to movie soundtracks, it's one of my favorite non like hip hop dominated soundtracks, the soul food joint. Uh, me and Charlie D did a review of the Boomerang soundtrack, and that one was very R&B laden as well. This one, to me, is right up there with it, though. And 
because there were some absolutely huge songs on here. Now, you talk about the lead singles. I mean, the lead single was What About Us with Total featuring Missy and Timbaland. I mean, jamming track, like absolutely huge. A song for mom about boys to men. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, they did the thing. They really, they did the thing. And a fitting song for the soundtrack. And then We're Not Making Love No More by Drew Hill, which at this point in time, Drew Hill is off of their debut album. And they're kind of in that pocket where they're really starting to find themselves. And one of their best songs, in my opinion. I mean, it really is. They got busy on this joint. And then Boys and Girls, but Tony, Tony, Tony. But then when you get into the album tracks here, you have songs like In Due Time by Outkast featuring CeeLo, CeeLo Green. You have... I Care About You by the group Milestone, which is a group that formed, I believe, expressly for the purposes of the movie, which featured, I believe, like Ken Edmonds, who was Babyface's brother, and I believe like Casey and JoJo, and a few other singers as well. Really good song. And then you get into a song like Slow Jam with Usher and Monica, which also was featured on My Way. Another song is out there like an incredible song. And then to end everything out, they got September by Earth, Wind, and Fire, which for most people whose parents weren't playing them the elements <laughs> in their household, for a lot of people, that was the first time they heard September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. It was a song that belonged on the soundtrack. And when you think about Soul Food, you think about that song. So the album tracks on here are slamming. And so when you talk about soundtracks, this is right up there with them. And because of the songs that are on there and the high quality that they are, and a lot of these songs are classics. So, and then you talk about in the context of the actual film itself and the storyline and everything, it definitely fits. And when I say the best soundtracks are the ones that help to capture the essence of the movie. And one of the things about this soundtrack, what it did really well was capture the essence of this movie. Now, this was also released on the face record. So, you talk about three of these albums that had huge influence with Babyface himself. We talk about the type of producing, writing, and music executive monster that was Babyface. And it's it's just amazing to think about the type of work that he did, probably starting from the late 80s all the way in to the, shoot, the 2000s, really. And I mean, even to this day, it just shows, man, the type of, depth that he had as a producer and a visionary to really work with these artists and put these projects together. So those are four albums. We've laid them all out there on the table. Butterfly, My Way, Cool Relax, and the Soul Food Soundtracks, all on the week of September 16th, 1997. It's a hard lineup to beat. <laughs> you gotta, you definitely have to say it is a hard lineup to beat. When you put it in that context, it's like, wow. Four albums all coming out during the same release week. And how are you going to find something that beats that? Now, I'm open to hearing suggestions or even comments on social media that tell us that you find a better R&B release week during the 90s. I think it's going to be hard to find. And if you do find some and you find one that beats this one, then I'll definitely give it up. But this is going to be something that I think we won't see for a long time as far as when it comes to quality of R&B music and albums coming out, especially these albums. So hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think. We are going to do double header features 
for these releases because I think that these need full reviews to really dig into the albums. But I wanted to make sure that we got our argument out there that this is the best R&B release week of the 90s. And we want to hear your feedback and want to hear what you have to say. Give us your take. Also, let us know if you got a week out there that beats it. We'd love to be able to hear it. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.